0: welcome to the edge podcast your home for recruiting news and team analysis inside the oregon state beavers football basketball and baseball programs beaversedge.com is the authority on all things oregon state athletics now here's your host beaversedge.com editor mike singer welcome in everyone to the edge podcast it's tuesday morning october 10th 2017 uh believe it's a pretty calm day it's really been a calm week in oregon state football you know what brendan was there a coaching change or something have i just been sleeping under a rock
1: yeah you know i think you and i both mike i mean you know I, there, there was this guy this um gary um gary gary anderson who mutually parted ways with oregon state football and uh, other than that though pretty quiet not a big deal
0: so, uh, you said mutually parting ways. Did he get fired and he's just picking up $12 million?
1: No, he left that whole $12 million on the table and said, I'm out. He's like, bye, Felicia. <laughs> so,
0: pretty shocking news. Obviously, we we know that that happened. We're just kidding. But uh, pretty shocking <laughs> news. Um, my whole thing was I did not think that Kevin McGiven or Kevin Kloon would get fired. I thought they were safe and then they're... That maybe they would get demoted and they would bring in someone else or, or maybe they would get fired after the season. So for Gary Anderson yep. to leave, what, what was your shock factor?
1: in uh, and, and a word mind boggling, I guess two words, mind boggling. It's um,
0: hyphenated. That's one word, man. You're good.
1: Yeah. I mean, there really isn't any other way to describe it, Mike. You know, obviously the, um, this morning, I got up and went about my business, feeling a little under the weather today, and just looked over and uh, saw I, I got an email saying that he was gone, and that was really – I didn't have words. That's happened to me twice now as I've covered Oregon State sports, the previous being when I got an email that Mike Riley was gone. So both times it's hit home hard.
0: People who know me pretty well know that I am a jokester. I love – um, tricking people, and so um, you know, Brendan, you know this. I'll call you sometimes and be like, Brendan, I can't believe you did that, man. And you're like, what, right. what? And you get all, you know, you get all scared. So when you called me, you know, I'm sitting on my lazy boy recliner, working on some recruiting article stuff, and uh, you know, I get a call from Brendan, and we were just texting too. I think we were talking about our fantasy football league.
1: Well, yeah, and and our coverage plan for the week.
0: that too yeah and then you call me and you're like breaking news
1: carrie's gone and i
0: was like shut up and i was like seriously and i was like no shut up you're just trying to get me i was i was shell shocked um you know it it was an absolutely uh crazy crazy day um on monday and yeah really mind blogging i mean um in your opinion why did this happen? You know, what, what was kind of the final straw and, and, and also what what were the factors that led up to this happening?
1: Well, Mike, at the end of the day, I think the biggest thing that I saw was that Oregon State was ready for a change. And at the end of the day, despite Gary Anderson doing what he did, right, for Oregon State, um, college football, Mike, as you know, is a business. And Oregon State putting in 25,000 fans, not including students, into football games each week with a budget-strapped athletic department talks. Money talks. And when you can't put butts in seats and you can't win, that's, that's going to be it.
0: So do you think it was more of Oregon State – pushing out gary or do you think it was gary leaving because i know there's there's a lot of different a lot of different opinions and rumors out there one popular one is that um that that barnes wanted gary to get rid of one of the coordinators and gary didn't want to do that i think that was a rumor um so which do you think it was i mean do you think it was it was you know working state pushing gary out or do you think it was you know gary's you know ultimate decision
1: it was Gary's decision. This was a conversation that evolved. You know, I talked with Scott Barnes today, you know, outside of the press conference on his way out. And, you know, he made it very clear. And I know Scott Barnes is, you know, Beaver's Edge has done a pretty exclusive Q&A with him over the last, um, back in spring, I believe. Yeah, and yep. um, I know him well, you know, on a personal level. And he is a, he's a straight shooter, Mike. He has no reason to lie. And, you know, we asked, you know, was it health with Gary? Was it this? Was it that? And at the end of the day, he said this is just a conversation that evolved. And it was reported a couple weeks ago that Gary said, if I don't believe I can get it done here, I'll walk away, and I won't hold the Beavers hostage. And he held his word, and he did just that. So I think it was Gary kind of putting his hands up in the air.
0: Yeah, I, I did read that story that you referenced on, on O-Live. That was a pretty good read. <laughs> um, so, I mean, you, you've um, – You've lived and breathed Oregon State basically your whole life. Yep. When you put this Gary Anderson saga uh, into perspective, um, what do you kind of take away from it in, in the state of Oregon State football right now?
1: Well, <clears throat> excuse me. You know, Mike, it's hard to say because I've now covered two different coaches, three different coaches, if you consider Coach Hall at Oregon State, and, you know, since I've started covering the program and whatnot. And. It's really hard to it's really hard to kind of step back and understand what Anderson's meant to this program. But at the end of the day, Gary Anderson will always be known for the guy that broke the losing streak to the Ducks. And for me, that is one thing I'll always remember: is even though they were bad, and that Oregon was bad last year, he's the guy that stopped that streak, and that's what to. Be fans will remember him for
0: that there's that I also think that they're going to remember him as the guy who left Wisconsin in a weird situation and then left Oregon State in a weird situation um
1: so does it does it make you think that maybe he's a weird dude and is not comfortable staying in one place very long
0: I just don't think that Wisconsin was a good fit for him and Oregon State apparently wasn't a good fit for him I mean two and a half seasons Things were not going his way. I mean, this year has been weird. Let's just run through off the top of our heads some of the weird situations this year. The most recent one was the the Isaiah Hodgins thing that yep. Gary Anderson didn't know what his left hand was doing. You know, like he didn't yep. know what Kevin McGivin was doing with Hodgins. That's what he said publicly. Yes, he he seemed he, he, to put a lot of blame on his coaches, and he, he, probably, he would put it on himself. But you know, he'd do he, a lot on his coaches.
1: Yeah, he publicly ba- bashed his assistants more than once, uh, Mike, where he would just kind of be like, I hired him, and it's on them to get it fixed. You know, I mean, and again, I, I, I hate to always reference, uh, you know, uh, O-Live from time to time as many <laughs> oh, people's Edge fans, yeah. uh, you know, don't always agree with what's written. But I got to give credit where credit's due in the terms of O-Live when they wrote a story today where they had a, an anonymous source say that the coaching staff, is an absolute dumpster fire, backbiting, infighting, people going back and forth. Was the exact quote uh, obtained from an anonymous source close to the football program? I mean, you can't have that. And the and the and the worst part about it is, if you're a Beaver fan, that coaching staff, that backbiting, that infighting still exists.
0: Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, well,
1: Anderson didn't going away didn't fix that.
0: No, no, I was just about to say that. I mean, with, with Anderson leaving, it's pretty apparent that there, there there's uh, definitely some issues there. And um, both sides of the ball have been bad. The play calling has been questionable. The personnel um, decisions have been very questionable. I mean, I, I was just so surprised. And I wrote about this a couple weeks ago. And this was before the, the Isaiah Hodgins drama. It's like Timmy Hernandez was Arguably the best receiver on the team. Like, after that Colorado State game and much of last year when Timmy Hernandez emerged late in the season, you could make an argument that Timmy Hernandez is the best receiver on the team. Collins is, you know, most athletic. But Hernandez is really great route runner, sure hands, great receiver. And he just doesn't even play after he had that... No. That uh, you know the beautiful stop and go against Colorado State. There's just a lot of things that are just very head scratching. Uh, yes. The limited use of Thomas Tyner. There's just a lot of things. Uh, I want to segue into um, to uh, on Monday. Of course, we're posting this Tuesday morning. Recording this on Monday night. Um, so earlier today, um, you you spent most of the day uh, in, in the Valley Football Center, uh, the media room. Um, for those of them have not been in there. Um, it's right by where those players walk out from the, you know, the locker room area and, and walk out to leave the valley. So you see those guys, you know, today leaving um, after spending some time in there. Um, you know, what did you kind of see in those guys' facial expressions? I'm sure you didn't get to talk to them, you know, yeah, you know, per rules, but you know, what did you kind of see from those guys?
1: Well, I've seen a lot on social media as well, Mike, and as I kind of was able to look and and see with. Um This team, I think Ryan Nall's facial expression said it all when we interviewed him earlier today. Um, They just look sad. Just pure sadness on these guys' face. And, you know, Coach A, um, he loved – there's no doubt, Mike, despite his success, the kids loved him and he loved his kids and he would do anything for his kids. Um, And he was supportive and everything else. With that being said, though, he didn't get the job done. That's when Ryan Nall said, you know, we have to understand that it's a business at the end of the day. It is a business in college football. And that's where, you know, Ryan's like, I got to steady the ship here and help out Coach Hall.
0: For Oregon State's next head coach, I think we both agree we, that Oregon State needs a younger coach, with tons of energy, someone who please, please, Oregon State, hire someone who has a Twitter
1: Please.
0: <laughs> I mean, you look at what Tagger's doing with the ring ring ring, ring, ring. And it, I, I used to cover Tagger and he was at USF, so I'm I'm real familiar with him. Met him in person when he was down there. And um He can light he lights up a room. He he did the ring 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 thing at USF. Um sparks a lot of interest because everyone knows what it means. Uh, you know, it means there's new commitment. There's just there's a lot of Yep. energy please Oregon State get someone with some energy
1: uh, oh, even even going on, even uh he's instilled that in his assistants like Jim Leavitt posts on Twitter every time before after and during the week of a duck game after every practice Mike Leavitt is putting on Twitter great day with the guy I think it was earlier this week he goes great day with the guys we got a lot to work on I really craved a." Ice cold Pepsi, I got it. I'm ready to go. <laughs> I mean, he I did that it. when he
0: was at Colorado too. He, he I that's that's living. You know, I I like it too. It's just, you know, Oregon State. I mean, Twitter doesn't win you games, obviously, but just helps. Uh, remember, it helps in recruiting. It helps with the fan base.
1: Remember, players make plays. Players win games. That's not right. Twitter. <laughs> uh, I'd be interested to see how if that mantra goes away. Sure, it will with whoever the new head coach is, but. I mean I that know, that's Mike.
0: that's I feel like that's kind of a common mantra. It's not just an Oregon State thing. Like win the day was an Oregon thing, players make plays, play runs. I don't think that was just an Oregon State thing.
1: Well, I mean Gary Anderson had it on half. That, yeah,
0: end. that was Gary Anderson's thing for sure. But, um, uh, so so with the, the next head coach, we agree someone young, you know, someone who can win social media, um, right. someone with a lot well, of let's... energy. I also think it is very important that Oregon State goes out and gets a head coach with offensive experience. You know, it, it, it maybe the coach could have spent some time on defense, but Gary Anderson was a defensive coach and a motivator. I really think Oregon State needs to go get a young, energetic, maybe it doesn't have to be 38, you know, to 42, but, you know, maybe even late 40s and early 50s, but I, I would still consider that kind of young for a head coach. Um, yeah,
1: I I think to put that uh, into perspective, I think absolutely putting a um, – getting a coach that's young, energetic, offensive. to say hired a defensive coach, Mike, and they never had a good defense when he was there, no. which should lead you to believe that's why he wasn't successful. You bring in a defensive coach, you should be losing games like 21-0, 24-0, right? If you bring in a guy whose background is on defense, that's how it should be, and – I think a lot of Oregon State fans expected Gary Anderson to be Kyle Whittingham. And I think if you would have – here's the thing. I think if you would have been more patient – there is a case you made that maybe the Beavers should have been more patient and given him more time than they did or not put the pressure – whatever it may be. I think eventually Anderson could have turned Oregon State into a Utah. But in today's college football world, nobody's patient.
0: I want to get back to the, the next head coach in a second, but you, you touched on something that Oregon State should be more patient. We've, we've talked, I don't know if we talked on air or, or if this was off air, but that Oregon win, we thought that that bought Gary Anderson a lot of time. So what, two years. what this tells me is that beating Oregon is really not that important because he just beat Oregon and it had not happened for a decade. Riley yeah. was around for a while after he had not beaten Oregon, you know, but Gary Anderson beats them in year two, and, you know, let's, uh, six games later, he's gone.
1: Here's the thing, though, Mike, for that, and I was around in the Riley times a little bit more frequently than you were, and for the thing with Riley, though, even all those times, Mike, Riley still nearly sold out Reese Stadium. And again, money talks. Riley had won... He's the winningest head coach in Oregon State history. And money talks. And he sold even in his worst years, three and nine. Like when I remember so well when Oregon State won their first game in two thousand what was it? Two thousand eleven, right? They opened the year with a loss to Sac State. And they won their first game of the season against Arizona. And for that game, they were, I think, 0 and three or 0 and four going into that game. I forget. And they sold out Research Stadium for that game against Arizona after dropping to an FCS team earlier that year. Riley still put a competitive product on the field, and he could always get fans and seats. Carry Anderson didn't do that.
0: Yeah, uh, that's, um, that's a good point. I just um, I, I just really thought that Oregon State would, would keep Gary for year three think- and, and I thought that year four would have been his hot seat year. I was just very surprised by this.
1: Are you surprised? Here's my two cents, Mike. I I know what my answer is. I don't agree with getting rid of Anderson in the middle of the year. Do you? <sighs> no, um.
0: For recruiting purposes, and I'm a recruiting guy. This is my background. Um. For recruiting purposes, it's good to do it now. Get the head coach hired soon. That's always an interesting thing because. And right. I. I. And this. And Barnes was asked this today. You know, what's the timeline? And he said, you know, it depends on. You know what the coach's situation is. You know if he's coaching it or not, and when he can get out, and and all that stuff. So it depends. But for recruiting, and there's the the December signing period. So you have to you want to get someone sooner than later, so you can salvage a, a recruiting class. And even that 2017 class for Oregon um, and Willie Taggart, he was able to put a good class together late.
1: So let's um, let's so, so let's,
0: Oregon State could put together a really good class late. If this new coach is from a different program, he can poach those recruits over, right? you know if if he's if he's coming from school X, you know, he can, you know this new Oregon state head coach can go poach those recruits from School X and, you know, come over to Oregon State. So see, recruiting and I think, is a big part,
1: and I see that's one thing I think coach Anderson failed at, Mike. He only brought one player from Wisconsin with him, and that was Elu Aiden who arguably has been a been a bust, really, um, hasn't done much. And Anderson, that first year, not a lot to be thrilled with.
0: So Oregon State still does have to play six more games, and it's probably not going to be a pretty season uh, the rest of well, the way out. I mean, it wasn't going to be either way. Um, you know,
1: well, go ahead. Yeah, no, Mike, just before we move along to the rest of the season, I want to know who are give me give me just a couple. We're gonna tease our listeners here. I want one realistic name and one dream name you'd want for Oregon State's head coach. You go first. (laughs)
0: Um, I mean it's it's hard to say what's realistic and what's a dream right now, right? I mean, because you know it could be swapped. You know, it's 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 hard to say. I have uh, a list of um what I call top choices. So. I'll give you my favorite. Hmm. Give you my favorite. See, it's hard to narrow down because there's a lot of good candidates out there. Let's go with favorite five. Um, I love Bo Baldwin.
1: Okay. Do you think he can win at the FBS level as a head coach?
0: We'll find out, right? (laughs) If he gets the Oregon State job. Um, uh, He played at Central Washington. I, I, this is off the top of my head. I was doing some research on him. He graduated there in 1993, and then the next year he was coaching. I think he was either a GA or a quarterbacks coach. He coached in the state of Washington from his graduation up until this past season. Now he's at Cal. Yeah. So, I mean, he knows the Pacific Northwest. So, offensive uh, mastermind. I think he's 45 years old. Perfect. Yeah. I also really like Jonathan Smith. He's, I think he's 38. Uh, he's a beaver so you like that. Um, Chris Peterson, that is the coaching tree you want to dip into. And Jonathan Smith is under Chris Peterson right now. Washington's doing, the you know, they're, they're playing really good football. Oregon State wants to be like a Washington at the end of the day. So I, I really like Jonathan Smith. Um, another guy I really like under the Chris Peterson tree is Brian Harson. Current Boise head coach. He's from Arkansas State before that, and and Harsin played at Boise. So that one might be tough for uh, Oregon State to get. I, I think he has a pretty good uh, salary as well. Actually, let me. I was just looking at this. Uh, he makes over a million dollars already. So you know, maybe you know Oregon State can can get there. Um, it would have to be a pretty hefty offer for to get to get him to leave. Uh, that's three. I really like um, Jim Levitt from or- you know, the old Colorado yep. defensive coordinator. He's at USF previously. Now, he's of course, he's at Oregon. That would be one heck of an hire. Uh, I think he's looking to get back into the head coaching game, so he would be incredible. Um, when he leave
1: Oregon, you think?
0: It would be pretty like, soon, huh? I know he's make- a really high-paid defensive coordinator, yeah, but old- it would be a heck of a land.
1: Yeah, let me let me let me look that up real quick as you continue on and see how much he's making in Oregon. Um I think you. Have one more.
0: One point one five million for four years. That's what it is. And then yeah, I'm so- gonna go with the fifth one. This is tough because there's like four guys I'm looking at on my list that I really like. Um, I'm gonna go with Chip Kelly. I. Okay. <laughs> I like Chip. Uh, again, um, he knows the area. Yep. Um I'm sure he wouldn't mind uh, getting back to the place that, you know, let him go. And, you know, Chip played in a – a, a coach in a national championship, you know. I mean, he would – he was a good coach. I mean, yep. uh, he knows the landscape. Um, he, a former – you know, if you sit Chip Kelly down in, in a coach – I'm sorry. You chip, sit K- Chip Kelly down in the living room of a recruit. I coached for the Eagles, the 49ers. I coached at Oregon. I took them to the national championship. I'm gonna yep. take Oregon State to that level too. Um, I, I think again, another offensive guy. Um, you know, I think he would be a good land.
1: Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna follow your lead and go with five names real quick. Okay. Um. Uh. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start at five and work my way up to one. Okay. So five. Um. Even though he's old, I gotta go with. I gotta go with. You know. You know. What, what's the term? dance with what brought you and for me i gotta go with dennis erickson i know he's 69 years old um but
0: let me interrupt you brendan what do you think about dennis they bring in dennis erickson see this would be really tough but if they bring in erickson and then like bring in jonathan smith that's their oc oh that would be awesome because smith's with the co-oc right so bring in yeah bring him in and, and then uh and let what I, let Smith take over and then Erickson, you know, retire or stay as a consultant or something.
1: From what I heard from Chris from from the insiders at Washington Mike, the old, and I see some of the fans or some of the fan, rather some of the subscribers on the Beavers Edge premium message boards have been noting they're worried about Jonathan Smith, right? Because he's a co-offensive coordinator with Matt Lubick who came over from Oregon. The only reason there's co-offensive coordinators there is because Chris Peterson, from what I have heard, is expecting to lose his defensive coordinator and one or both of his offensive coordinators this year in terms of getting poached. With hmm. that being said, I think if Oregon State can bring in Dennis Erickson, they'll rally the alumni base, right? The alumni base is starving. And you know, Mike, I mentioned this to you as an offensive coordinator back about three weeks ago as a potential guy Gary could bring in. Yep. And I like him. I get he's 69, 70 years old. But he took you to a festival. He knows how to recruit. I know he's been out of it for a little while, but he was very successful at Utah. <laughs> wouldn't it wouldn't be the
0: first time Morgan State brought back a head coach. So hey, let's do it, right?
1: And um, I think bringing him in with Jonathan Smith would be a tremendous idea.
0: Who's your four? But
1: uh, yeah, so moving ahead, so we're going four now. Uh, I like Jim Levitt. I think he's a little like um, uh, Mike Leach, where he's got a few skeletons in his closet. I forget, Mike, what was his kind of issue that he had back at...
0: USF, I, I don't remember. I don't remember off the top of my head. I know there, there there's definitely some uh, concerns
1: there. I, I believe it was a striking a player or something like that. Anyway, Mike Leach was the same way. And, again, he got the job, moved on from it, all that good stuff. He's my number four. My number three... <coughs> excuse me. As I kind of start to move along here. My number three is Bo Baldwin. And for obvious reasons... Um, Bob Baldwin, from what I could hear and what I understood, Mike was Oregon State's second choice to Gary Anderson before. Why not give him a chance again? Uh, Baldwin was right there um, for Oregon State's uh, last coaching search. And the thing I really like about Baldwin is the um, is what you're able to get in return. And for that, you if you bring in Bo Baldwin, you're almost a lock to bring in Gage Gubrud as a grad transfer. Huh. Bo Baldwin was Gage Gurud's quarterback or head coach for three years. Yeah, at Eastern Washington. Him, him and Gage are very close. I know from some close friends of Gage that he would love a reunitement from Baldwin or with Baldwin. So that opens up a potential for having a one-year quarterback to help you bridge the gap, you know, while you maybe recruit a new one depending on what happens with the recruiting class. So I like that potential there. Number two. Let me Hold on. Gonna... Let me
0: add something real quick. Spencer Petras, Oregon State's quarterback commit, he chose Oregon State over Cal. So it's not like if they get Baldwin, yeah, all those these Oregon State recruits, I mean, I'm sure most of them, t- especially the offensive one, have talked to Baldwin because Cal and Oregon State recruited a lot yes. of the same kids. So Petras, he would be great with that, I would imagine, but go ahead and continue.:
1: No, I would I would be, I think you're right on the money there. Um, I kind of have a 2A and a 2B right now. And that's you're uh, cheating.
0: You got six guys.
1: I know because it's it's these are my dream my two A two B and that's um, less miles or Chip Kelly. I think both those guys are on the market right now, and I think they are looking for work. But I think they'll get much better offers in Oregon State. I've said so for
0: a very long time that if I have a son, I would want him to pay for play for Chip Kelly because or I'm sorry, less miles. Les miles is the man. Listen, yeah. listen to a. Uh, Les Miles press conference and blows your socks off. That guy's awesome.
1: And then uh, for me, uh, if I'm going to, it really is, It's I've really struggled with who I'd like to see um, take over. It's Alex at that Grinch? One. But I'm going to settle on Alex Grinch okay. at number one.
0: that's what you I thought. It. I know that's your guy.
1: You guessed it. Um, Alex Grinch came from New Hampshire, right? He was the defensive coordinator when Chip Kelly was running the show at New Hampshire, huh. back when the spread offense was getting involved. And right. He was the guy that learned from Chip Kelly how to stop the spread. Right? And I really like what Alex Grinch has been able to do at Washington State and turn around. Mike, I'm not sure if you watched that Oregon-Washington State game. Washington State has become a fear defense. They're incredible. And if, you can, if you can build a fear defense in Pullman, Washington, on the Palouse, you can build a fear defense in Corvallis, and I love his American Samoa connections. I love his ability to recruit Polynesian players, uh, Hawaii as well. I think he'd be a tremendous hire.
0: Oh, I mean, uh, <laughs> there, there's, there's, you're right there, Brendan.
1: Yeah, excuse me, sorry. <laughs> no,
0: there, there's good candidates. It, it's, I, I liked that Barnes said this is going to be a nationwide search. Obviously, yep. it would be ideal to stay in the West and specifically in the the Pacific Northwest, but. Hey man, maybe there's an up and coming coach at Pitt that that Barnes knows well. You know who knows how he'll use some of those connections. Um, really interested to potentially hear who's on that search committee. Uh, I'm not sure if if that information will get out, but
1: yeah, I also got to ask you, Mike. Would you be uh, last last question for me on the coaching thing? But it's just so just so curious. Would you be uh, interested in uh, if the Beavers took a look at? Uh, um, Lane Kiffin or Steve Sark <laughs> – or Lane Kiffin or Steve Sarkisian.
0: Sark? Oh, wow. Um, no. I, I I don't think it's it's time to bring Sark back. No.
1: I'm just saying he's – I'm not sure what he's what he's making at uh,
0: – The Falcons. I'm not
1: sure at, – at Atlanta, but, I mean, maybe he wants to get back in the coaching gig. Uh, Kiffin
0: is actually on my coaching hotboard as an outside-the-box candidate. Really, just because I'm sure he wants to get back in the P5 game, and uh, he's he's you know coach at USC, so you know he knows the Western landscape. But uh, that's that's a serious long shot.
1: Yeah, Sark right now is uh, he is making. I'm trying to see Sark's making a little less than uh, 1.5 million at, as the Atlanta Falcons' offensive coordinator. Defense
0: coordinator. I think. Oh yeah, he is offensive coordinator. Right. Offensive. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah. And
1: offense. again, I got to give credit. Chris Peterson yeah, had his success at Washington, going the national championship with a lot of Sarks guys that were seniors. Sarkisian is mm-hmm. one heck of a recruiter. I understand that he didn't have all the great success at Washington, but he is one heck of a recruiter. So, again, I'm just throwing some names out there, but I like them all.
0: Yeah, Sarks uh... –
1: but I'd, I'd Some say of those Lane
0: skeletons Kiffin. over at uh, USC, or uh, yeah, yeah.
1: But I'd say Lane Kiffin mostly because he's a little younger and he deserves another chance at a head
0: coaching <laughs> job in my opinion. Does he? I don't know about oh, that. Oh, absolutely. Tennessee he's and the at, Raiders did not go very well. It, but
1: he was so young. USC right? did not go well. He was so young, and I think he wasn't given enough time at USC in my opinion. But. And that's the thing is you learn from your mistakes, and I think he might be uh, – He could be
0: great. I just think he needs a little bit more time at FAU. That's just uh, my two cents. That's
1: true. For- go Owls, right?
0: Yeah, that's right. Well, uh, <laughs> I, I, we just hit the 30-minute mark, so let's – uh, I know, I know, I <laughs> know. Let's go ahead and wrap this up. Thank you uh, so much for everybody who's listening.